Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power, and here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining us on the program again today. It's Colin and my delight to have you with us, and we look forward to getting into the Bible and doing some further study regarding the last days and preparing for Jesus Christ's soon return. But just before we do, as is our custom, we just invite you to pray with us, and we just ask God's blessing on our program. Gracious Father in heaven, always it is a wonderful privilege for us, Father, that you can commune to us and commune with us through your Holy Spirit and through your Bible. And Father, as we open the pages of Scripture today, we just ask for your blessing upon us. Give us a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Illuminate our hearts and our minds, and also the heart and the mind of the listener out there today. And we commit this program into your care, and we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Colin, last time we were looking at, at the program, we looked at God's purpose for calling the remnant church into existence. And, of course, we know that the remnant church is what is left over at the last days. And this is the church that Satan is particularly angry with. And we get this from Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17, where it says, And the dragon, which is another name for Satan, was enraged with the woman. Now, a woman in Bible represents the church of God, or the bride represents the church of God. And it says that the dragon went to make war with the rest of her offspring, or the remnant of her seed, who keep the commandments of God. So he's upset with them because they're proving him he's wrong. He's the one that says that obedience is impossible. Here there's a group of people, the remnant of the woman, who keep the commandments of God, and they also do something else. They have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So that's very important. We see amongst God's people here a remnant who actually are obedient to God and would rather surrender life Itself than be disobedient to God They honor God through faithfulness Through his agape love Which is manifest in the commandments of God Yeah, and you notice also That they also have the testimony of Jesus Christ mm. And you read in Revelation chapter 19 verse 10 It says the testimony of Jesus Christ Is the spirit of prophecy okay. So God's last day church Keep the commandments of God Okay, They have the spirit of prophecy You also see in Revelation 14 That they're giving the three angels message to the world Okay the everlasting gospel and the three angels' message. So these are the characteristics of God's last day church who Satan, as you said, is angry with and mm. is making war on them. Okay. So that's what we've, you know, we've discussed before. In our last program, we discussed that in uh, 1844, according to the prophecy in Daniel, uh, a 2300-year prophecy, yes. uh, that in 1844, Jesus enters into the most holy place to do a work of judgment or mm. cleansing of the sanctuary, blotting out, removing of sin, yes. uh, and to basically see who is going to be in the kingdom. And so this has been happening since then. Jesus is still interceding for us uh, mm. when we confess our sins. He's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so this was the message or mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, to take the three angels' messages to the world. Okay. But what happened is the denomination became so... Doctrinally focused that Jesus had been lost in our experience and teaching mm, Now in Jesus' day the church of his time had the same problem Jesus actually said to his church leaders at the time You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life But these are they which testify of me So you can actually search for eternal life in the scriptures But miss the whole purpose of the word of God in the Bible Which is Jesus Christ and him revealed to us That's right and then that happened in the early church mm. And also 
it happened to our church as well. It's, the religion becomes so legalistic, which is a sure result of losing sight of Jesus in one life. Right. Okay. So the church needed to once again understand the work of the Holy Spirit and the message of righteous by faith. And so that brought us to what's called the 1888 Conference. So the church had a big conference in 1888. Okay. And so they taught a number of biblical truths at that session in the years that followed. And basically we want to focus on what we consider as the heart of that message, which is righteous by faith mm. in Christ. Okay. Well, look, last time when we were closing off last week's program, we were looking at that message of righteousness by faith and how important it is. And we're told that the third angel's message and righteousness by faith is one and the same thing. That's right. And uh, it's both of them lead to obedience to God's commandments. Now, Revelation chapter 14, where you find the three angels' messages, in verse 12, after the third angel's message is given, it says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. So for the second time in Revelation, we have in Revelation 12, 17, and then also in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12, we see here that God has a commandment-keeping people. Now, Satan is angry with them, so he's trying to undermine them. He's trying to discredit them. He's trying to destroy them. And if you read Revelation 13, we see he first goes through an economic embargo yep. against them. They can't buy or sell. Mm -hmm. And then finally, a death decree. When the economic embargo doesn't work, a death decree is enforced upon them. That's so right. these people love Christ more than they love their own lives. They're prepared to lay down their lives for Jesus if required. And, and that's the great controversy is over the law of God. Hmm. So that's always been Satan's purpose is to take God's people from obeying God. So, so this message in 1888 was a message to prepare people for Jesus Christ's soon return. It was a message that actually showed them how obedience is possible. It's not by our own works, obviously. You know, it's by grace through faith alone. That's right. So the significance of the 1888 message, are you able to unpack that for us a little bit more? Yeah. Because it sounds like it's a very important message to understand. And so, so the message was really about righteous by faith yeah. in Christ. And so righteous by faith also encompasses both Christ justifying and sanctifying righteous. And we're going to just talk about the sanctification aspect of Christ's righteousness by faith as we go forward. Just, obviously, the justifying is what Christ has done for us. Yes. The sanctifying is what Christ wants to do in and through, through us. us. That's right. And so the message of righteous by faith comes loud and clear as we read the writings of, that Wagner and Jones wrote about. Hmm. And following the 1880 uh, conference, Ellen White uh, who had the spirit of prophecy and had like you know thousands of visions That's right. uh, over her, her lifetime, she wrote on the subject. Hmm. And so basically God used the 1888 message to uplift Jesus Christ as never before in our denomination. And Ellen White wrote this beautiful, um, I think this sort of summarized it perfectly. Uh, the Lord in his great mercy sent a most precious message to his people through elders E.J. Wagner and A.T. Jones. This message was to bring more prominently before the world the uplifted Savior, the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. It presented justification through faith in the surety. It invited the people to receive the righteousness of Christ, which is made manifest in obedience to all the commandments of God. So the purpose of being justified, confessing our sins and being justified, will lead to obedience will be made manifest or lead to obedience to mm. all the commandments of God. 
Wow. Okay. So here we see the commandment keeping side, but the other component you mentioned earlier is also to do with the spirit of prophecy. So you expect that these people would have the spirit of prophecy there, and this is what the spirit of prophecy is saying regarding the significance of this message. That's exactly right. Ellen White was given the gift of prophecy, hmm. or the spirit of prophecy, and she was given visions. Okay. And she wrote down these uh, all these words in uh, many books that she wrote. Now tell me, Colin, how popular have God's prophets typically been? Well, um, you know, Jesus said in his day, yeah. even to the Jews and the Pharisees of his days, you killed all the prophets. Mm. So, you know, God would send prophet after prophet. And prophets aren't really popular because yeah. prophets have got to, te- got to say what God tells them to say. That's right. And sometimes um, what they can say is can be... Well, it challenges us, doesn't it? It can mm. cut it, cut our hearts. You know that book there where you've got you know, Samuel and you've got the two books of Kings and then you've got the two books of Chronicles. And the second Chronicles, just the last chapter there from verse uh, 15, this is Second Chronicles chapter 36, this is what it says. They're just wrapping up the message. It says, And the Lord of their fathers sent warning to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. And they mocked the messengers of God. So... Is that something that we see even in Ellen White? There's some people who mock her. That's right. Well, we, we do. We do see it. That's right. Despised their words and scoffed his prophets until the wrath of God rose against his people till there was no more remedy. So God in his mercy always sends messages of encouragement, yep. messages of warning, sometimes of rebuke, yep. but ultimately to bring reconciliation between us and God, to, to get that relationship back on track so we can be ready for Christ's you return. You look at all the prophets, even John the Baptist, all led people to repent. Mm. Elijah, you go through them all. They just lead us to repentance. Yes. And we realize that we have sinned. It leads us to repentance. And then it leads us to the Lamb of God, to Jesus. Right. And so beautiful. you can test all the prophets. And you know all the prophets were tested before the prophets that went before them, that they were in sync with what they were saying as well. Mm. But they added more, had, gave more information. And so what happens is, is that you know, Ellen White clearly pointed out that reception of the message of righteous by faith in 1888 would lead to obedience to all the commandments of God. Mm. And this message would also usher in what was called the loud cry or the latter reign of the spirit and hasten Christ's glorious return. Wow. And, you know, you can read that that part there where she said uh, this was the message that God commanded to be given to the world. What mm. did she say there? She says, it is the third angel's message. It is to be proclaimed with a loud voice or a loud cry. And attended with the outpouring of his spirit in a large measure. Now, we've been praying for the baptism and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for quite a while, you know, and there's many denominations that do the same. Mm. So we know that there's the former reign, and that started at Pentecost. That was to remain with the church all the way through, but we know there was a falling away, yep. and there were some individuals who had it all the way through. And then, of course, we know that just before Christ comes, there's going to be an even greater outpouring of God's spirit called the latter reign, which then ripens the harvest. And we see the ripening of the harvest manifest in the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. That's a good way of putting it. Mm. But that's what it prepares for the harvest, which is the second coming, coming of Jesus. Jesus, yes. Jesus used that in a parable, didn't he? Yes, he did. He says the harvest is, you know, the angels come. Mm. And, and so The reapers are the angels, that's right. Yeah. And she also said in another one in this letter she wrote, um, letter 57 in 1895, she says, God gave to his servants, Jones and Wagner, a testimony that presented the truth as it is in Jesus, which is the third angel's message in clear, distinct lines. Mm, beautiful. So the message of righteous by faith and the third angel's message are one and the same. Okay. Both lead to obedience to God's commandments. 
Right. Remember the third angel's message leads to here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm. And righteous by faith will be will be lead to keeping the commandments of God. Now, there's a beautiful book called Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. So it talks about Jesus' uh, sermon, the Beatitudes, you know, on the, on the mount when he's preaching to them. You can read it in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And in there, she actually says on page 18, this is also um, Alan White, she says that righteousness is love. Yes. And love is righteousness. So when we talk about obedience to the commandments of God, we're talking about love to God first and foremost, supreme, to love our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then also, of course, the, the second part of the commandments, the last six there, is to love our neighbor as ourself. So we're talking about obedience from a love perspective, not a legalistic perspective. There is a difference. We're not keeping the commandments to be saved, but we are keeping the commandments because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. There you That's go. Right. So the condition is on, do you love God? That's the condition. Absolutely. If you love God, you'll keep his commandments. Hmm. And, uh, and also, because the commandments are principles of love. That's right. Hmm. Love God and love your neighbor. It's really very simple. The whole ten uh, hang on those two, Jesus says. That's right. And she also says the significance of the 88 message. There was a significance of this. Hmm. She declared that the message of righteous by faith is a message to be proclaimed with a loud voice. Okay. Or a loud cry. So there's no whisper tones. This has got to be proclaimed loud and clear. So as the latter rain of the Spirit is poured out. And as this amazing message of Christ and his righteousness began to be proclaimed, Ellen White believed the loud cry of the third angel had begun, mm. even in her day, as it, as it happened. And this is what she wrote in the Review and Herald, November 22nd, 1892. Okay, she says, The time of chest is just upon us, for the loud cry of the third angel has already begun in the revelation of the righteousness of Christ, the sin-pardoning Redeemer. This is the beginning of the light of the angel whose glory shall fill the whole earth. Sin pardoning. That's justification, isn't yeah. it? And you know what Christ did for us on the cross. That's where it starts. Amen. So it starts with the everlasting gospel, which is obviously Christ and him crucified. Yes. And the fact that we can be crucified with Christ as well if we reconcile ourselves to his death, his burial and his resurrection. So we can be raised to newness of life or be born again. That's right. But, you know, Ellen White also associated the Holy Spirit with the message of righteous by faith uh, that Jones and Wagner taught. Okay. She wrote in this letter called Review and Herald, November 29, 1892. She wrote these words. It says, The work of the Holy Spirit is immeasurably great. It is from this source that power and efficiency come to the worker for God, and the Holy Spirit is the comforter as the personal presence of Christ to the soul. Wow. And remember in Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10, hmm. it's the Holy Spirit that writes God's Ten Commandments on our mind and our hearts. That's right. That is the new covenant promise. That's right, which is only possible because hmm. of Jesus' death on the cross. And, and it's interesting that it says there that the God will write his law on their hearts and minds. He will be their God and they will be his people. In other words, the first commandment, you will have no other gods before me, is written in their hearts and their minds, their attitude towards God, their uh, their thoughts, their feelings towards God is that of having God supreme and absolutely everything and implicit trust in him with their lives. Yeah, and, and it also mentions there in Hebrews chapter 8 and 10 that he will remember their sins no more. There's the pardon, ah, the justification. Yes. Blotting then, out of the sins. And then there's God's work of writing the law on our mind and hearts, mm. which leads to what? Obedience to God's command. commandments. Yeah, as yes. an expression of love. That's right. Mm. So she equated receiving the Holy Spirit with receiving the personal presence of Christ into the soul. Yes. And this happens through experience the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And it's only as Christ lives in the soul that his righteousness can be manifested in the life. Hence, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the message of righteous by faith are inseparably linked together. Because mm. the baptism of the Holy Spirit is Christ in you. And if Jesus is living in us, he will seek to what? To obey his Father's commandments. Absolutely, yeah. That's right. They go, one, they go hand in hand. And so Ellen White also linked receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit or infilling the Holy Spirit with the earth being lightened with the glory of God. This is the latter reign of the Holy Spirit mm. spoken about in Revelation 18 verse 1. What did she write? It says, When the earth is lighted with the glory of God, we shall see a work similar to that which was wrought when the disciples, filled with the Holy Spirit, proclaimed the power of a risen Savior. Wow. So when the earth is lightened with the glory of God, and what is the glory of God? Well, it's his character, it's his righteousness, it's that's, his goodness. That's right. In Moses, Moses, Moses says, well, show me your glory. And God said, I'll show you my goodness, my mercy, I'm yeah. long-suffering. And then he gives him what? He tells them about his character and then gives them his law. Proclaims the name of the Lord, and the word name signifies character. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So just as the disciples were empowered to do Christ's work by receiving the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, so also God's last remnant people will need to be spirit-filled in order to proclaim the third angel's message in the mm. context of righteous by faith in power. Yes. So what happens is the early reign, baptism of the Holy Spirit, must be received in order to benefit from the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. And so by bringing the message of righteous by faith to his people, God was offering to them the Holy Spirit in fullness. Mm. And we can read that again in Testimonies to Ministers, page 97. It says, The grace of the Holy Spirit has been offered to you again and again. Light and power from on high has been shared abundantly in the midst of you. Wow. So God has just keep on bringing this message mm. back. In actual fact, I've done a little bit of a study, and I found that he's continually every 40 years or every generation, okay, since we've been here, yeah. 1844, 1888, another 40 years, 1928, another 40 years, he keeps on bringing this message to his people. Mm. And I, bring his, I believe he's bringing this message again to his people today. Yeah, amen. And this ties in so beautifully with the program. We've named this program, You Shall Receive Power. And, of course, it comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And just here, we've just read here that the Holy Spirit brings light and power from on high. So in other words, the message is to go out with power, Mm. with a loud voice and with power. So without power, there's no convicting power in it. That's right. And what was the only ambition of the early church was two things. One, to reflect the character of Jesus. Mm. And secondly, to build up his kingdom. Amen. And so that is the power is for both of those, so yes. that we can reflect the character of Jesus. Jesus spoke about that in John chapter 14 and in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to give us power to witness, to witness, to Amen. build up his kingdom. Mm. And to be authentic in our witness. It's that's no right. use me saying to you, Colin, you've got to stop drinking, and I'm hanging out with my mates in the pub having a few pints. No, that's right. It doesn't I'm, quite work that way, does it? <laughs> that's right. The Holy Spirit changes yeah. us and sure. changes our desires mm. and you know, writes God's law of love on our hearts. And glorious would have been the result if the Spirit had received in fullness and the message of righteous by faith had been accepted by God's people following the 88 message. Mm. Well, what would have happened? The third angel's message would have been given in power of the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. Christ would have been perfectly reflected in the lives of his people. Yes. So his character would have been reflected in his people. Not us trying to reflect his character, but his character reflected 
through us. It's God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. That's right. The yes. loud cry would have gone forth. The latter reign of the Holy Spirit would have completed God's work and Christ would have come. Mm. And so God sought to bring, the, bring to the seven-day Adventist church to clearly understand and experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit and righteous by faith. Yes. They were the two main messages. Mm. And as we've seen, this was necessary for the church to fulfill her God-given mission. Okay, and that's to take the three angels' messages to the world, which is Jesus Christ, Him crucified, Christ our righteousness, Christ our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, and also the one who we're looking forward to, to see in the clouds, coming in the clouds of glory, not too far in the distant future, I don't think, Colin. That's right, that's right. And that's how it would have been. That's what it would have been. How sad to say, that's not what happened, has it? We're no. still here. We're still here. Yeah. You know, something would have gone wrong. Over 120 years later, mm. we're still here. And Ellen White afterwards began realizing that the message was not being received as God intended. Right. And she expressed her great concern when she wrote these words. Okay, this is from Testimonies to Ministers, page 97. Neglect this great salvation kept before you for years. Despise this glory offer of justification through the blood of Christ and sanctification through the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. And there remains no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation. So she's actually quoting there from uh, Hebrews chapter 10, I believe. Well, there again, this salvation has been offered to us and kept before you for years, she's saying. Mm. Despise this glorious offer of justification through the blood of Christ. There's pardon again. Yes. And sanctification through the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. So she, they, they always link together. Mm. Even Jesus, when he says, you know, John says, in John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is just and faithful yes. to forgive our sins. There it is, pardon, uh, uh, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. unrighteousness. There's what a, a powerful power, text. There's a promise of the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. And she says, basically, uh, if we don't receive this, these two gifts from God, then there's a fearful looking for the judgment and fiery indignation, That's right, yeah. which is the seven last plagues being poured out. Hmm. And so it was a serious mistake for our denomination to not take hold of this God-sent message to the fullest extent. And again, Ellen White wrote these incredible words in uh, letter number 96, 1896. It says, an unwillingness to yield up preconceived opinions. I mean, that is just a human condition, isn't it? We all have preconceived ideas. Yeah. We all think we're right. Uh, unwillingness to yield up preconceived opinions and to accept this truth lay at the foundation of a large share of the opposition manifested at Minneapolis against the Lord's message given through Brethren Wagner and Jones. So was there lots of opposition? Sounds like there was plenty. Well, she said a large share of opposition. Yeah, so more than half. That's what I would, they would suggest. Yes. By exciting that opposition, Satan succeeded in shutting away from our people in a great measure the special power of the Holy Spirit that God longed to impart to them. The enemy prevented them from obtaining the efficiency which might have been theirs in carrying the truth to the world, as the apostles proclaimed it after the day of Pentecost. The light that is to lighten the whole earth with its glory was resisted and by the actions of our own brethren has been in a great degree kept away from the world. And so that's Satan's plan. Oh, that's a mouthful there. Remember, he doesn't want us to accept this message. Mm. He doesn't want us to accept the message of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Yes. He doesn't want us to uh, accept the message of justification through faith, through the blood of Christ. 
and the sanctification through the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus removing sin out of our lives. Mm. He doesn't want us to accept the early rain because if we accept the early rain and grow in the early rain, what then does God then pour out? The latter rain. Yes, that's right. So what would be his, he just says, well, what do I do? Well, I don't want him to receive the latter rain because once God's people receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit, mm. that's it, folks. That's right. That's it's it. It's curtains. It's curtain. We give yeah. the loud cry. The message goes to well, empower the Holy Spirit and the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it's not just a message. It's a message demonstrated in our own lives. That's and so right. that message goes out. And guess what? Close of probation. Jesus comes. Satan is bound for a thousand years and then he is destroyed. Mm. So Satan doesn't want this to happen. No. So how does he do it? Let's have a counterfeit baptism in the Holy Spirit, focusing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, yes. Satan can counterfeit the gifts of the Holy Spirit, can't he? Mm. Yes, he can. Can't right. counterfeit the fruit of the Spirit of Christ in us, the mm, hope of glory. Love, joy, and peace, and all those things. And justification through the blood of Christ and sanctification through the cleansing of the power of the Holy Spirit. So he brings in different uh, false teachings in the church to take us a focus off one of those two. Yes. One, let's take the focus of justification by faith, right? Legalism. Or let's take the focus off sanctification through the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. That's liberalism, where, mm. hey, you can keep sitting, it doesn't matter. That's so right. I mean, either one, he gets us. Mm. So he doesn't like the fact that there will be a people on the earth who will keep the commandments of God. And it's clear from the Bible. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, here are they that keep the commandments of God. That's who the dragon's wrath with. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, here are they, the, the patience of the saints, the, here are they that keep the commandments. So he's doing everything in his power to prevent that from happening. And we know that the devil is angry when he sees a message that shows people the know-how because we can read that there's going to be a people doing it. But the know-how, how to get to that point, is very difficult. Many people have tried and failed. When you start preaching this message and speaking about this message, you will come under attack. Mm. I can promise you that. I've been doing it okay. for a number of years now, and um, I've been under more attack in those years than I ever was before when I wasn't speaking about this message. So the wrath of the dragon will manifest itself in a variety of means, even sometimes people very close to us. Well, actually, we have more to fear from within than we have them from without. Wow. Well, Colin, let's just take, we're halfway through our program. Let's just take a break here, dear listener, and we'll be right back after this short message. Stay tuned. I'm looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13 When Pilate asked Jesus, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. John 18.37 In the last great conflict when the world aligns itself against Christ, they will make war with the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Revelation 17.14 Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. On his robe and on his thigh a name is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Revelation 19, 11-16 Here comes the conquering Christ, coming to claim his kingdom and the people of his kingdom. Dear listener, welcome back to the program. We're glad that you've stayed on and you are listening to part two of our program today. Now, just before the break, we were talking about we know that there's going to be a people who keep God's commandments. We know that the devil is going to be very angry with him. Now, quite a lot of people have tried to keep the commandments in their own strength and they fail. They fall flat on their face. That was what the um, the Jews yeah. tried to do for um, you know 1,500 years. That's right. They're trying to do it by their own strength. 
that was called the Old Covenant. They couldn't mm. do it. Yes. Under the New Covenant, the only way it's possible is, one, to have forgiveness imparted through Jesus' blood, the cleansing of Jesus' blood. And the other way, only way to do it is if the, God does it. He writes the laws on our mind and hearts under the New Covenant. Amen. So we know that the message of justification by faith or righteousness by faith is an invitation for all the people to receive the righteousness of Christ, which is manifest in obedience to all the commandments of God. So that's what we were talking about before the break. So where do we go from here, Colin? This is getting very well, we interesting. Just, we just re- I want to read this letter again. Okay. Letter 96, 1896, because I want to unpack it a little bit. It talks about an unwillingness to yield up preconceived opinions. And to accept this truth lay at the foundation of a large share of the opposition manifested at Minneapolis against the Lord's message given through Brother Wagner and Jones. He's talking about the 1888 message yes. that Wagner and Jones came. Hmm. By exciting that opposition, so Satan wanted to have conflict in the church. Hmm. He always brings division in the church. Yes. Brought it back in then, and you know what? You still got it today. So he brings in opposition. And Satan succeeded in shutting away from our people. In a great measure, the special power of the Holy Spirit that God longed to impart to them. So he wants to shut out the latter rain of the Holy Spirit being poured out because he knows once that happens, he's finished. Yes. And the enemy prevented them by obtaining the efficiency, which might have been theirs in carrying the truth of the world, as the apostles proclaimed it after the day of Pentecost. Mm. Early rain, latter rain. Yes. The light that is light in the whole earth with its glory was resisted. This message was resisted mm. that would have you know, been manifest in God's glory going to the world. And so by the action of our own brethren has been in a great degree kept away from the Lord. And see what she does? Ellen White, he connects the Holy Spirit being imparted to God's people with the message of righteous by faith. Yes. Both were rejected and God's people did not experience complete victory over sin. That is necessary to perfectly reflect Christ's character. Mm. Okay? And because of this, Ellen wrote, wrote these words in letter 184 in 1901. It's, this is sad words that she wrote after that because God's people rejected either one or both of those messages. Wow. She says, we, ha- we may have to remain in this world because of insubordination many more years as did the children of Israel. Remember? Mm. They were supposed to go straight into Canaan, promise, yes. the promised land. This was after the 12 spies got sent out to spy out the land. That's right. But because of their what? Insubordination. Or their unbelief. Yes. They didn't have faith in God said he would do it. Mm. He says, I'll give you the victory over the giants. I'll give you victory over these people. I'll give you victory over the giants. In the same way today. And so they had to wait a generation. That's right. There were only two that believed that they could get victory over the giants, and yeah. that was Joshua and Caleb. Yeah. Well, we've been here for three generations now since oh, 1888 wow. because we don't believe that God can overcome the giants in our life. Mm, that's an important point. The sins in our life, the giant sins that we look at and go, there's no way, Lord, I yeah. can overcome this. I can't overcome this. I've got a sinful nature. It's impossible. Yeah. It was Jesus that said, what is oh, impossible with man is possible with yeah, God. Yeah, I'm going to just keep sitting till Jesus comes. Mm. I keep telling myself or I keep hearing. And so that's lack of faith in what God said he can do. God's promises, yes. That's, that's right. True. So it's unbelief. And because of that, Ellen White says we may have to remain in this world because of the insubordination mm. many more years, as did the children of Israel. And this prediction certainly proved to be true, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, look, in Hebrews chapter 3, God 
talking about the history of Israel when they also received this message of believe, believe the word of God, believe his promises. God will lead you into the promised land. He will give you the land. He will drive out the other nations, even the giants, right? Yeah. It says in verse 16, for who, having heard, rebelled. Indeed, was it not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And then it says, with whom was God angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Then it says, so we see in verse 19 that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief kept Israel out of the promised land for 40 years, and unbelief has kept us out of going to heaven as well and, and Christ's coming, well, Christ for, a, coming for a long time. That's going to the heavenly Canaan. Mm. Okay. So the whole question really comes in implicit trust in God, faith or unbelief. Do you believe by faith in the promises of God that not only will he pardon you, and justify you, but he will cleanse you, cleanse you as he's promised through the Holy Spirit, mm. cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All the word is yeah. all. And so, do we believe he can do it? Well, you know, when we look around at our own lives, Edian, and we look at our own lives, we go, we can understand why many people, sure, you know, go, well, that seems impossible because, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed impossible for the Israelites to take those giants. They were so small people and they were large people and they yeah. looked like. You know, warriors, and they thought it was impossible. But remember what you said before what is impossible with man is possible with possible God. God yeah. If God's promised to do this, we just have to believe by faith mm. and put ourselves in a position. So that he can do that in our own lives. That's right. And, as, and I mean, there's, and there's many promises in the Bible, Colin. For example, when a temptation comes away, we've fallen in the past. Now we read a promise of God that says that he will give us the victory. Do we conquer by? Faith and believing that God will do exactly what he said he would? Or do we grit our teeth and try harder when we failed in the past by using exactly the same method? Well, what's the, defi- you know, the definition of insanity, Etienne? Yeah. It's doing the same things over and over <laughs> again, expecting a different result. Yeah. Look at Jesus. Mm. Jesus was made just like us, like his brethren. Yes. How did he overcome? Yes, well, he said... By the word. Yeah, amen. He says, thy word is on my heart that I may not sin against you. And he sought the Father's will. He never did his own will. That's right. And we are to do the same. We are to surrender our will to God. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And by the word. baptized with the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit And by the word of God. Mm. You know, when he faced the temptations, what did he say? It is written. Written. Because the word was on his heart. We too need to have the word of God on our heart. Yes, we too amen. need to be baptized daily with the Holy Spirit, mm. just as Jesus was baptized daily with the Holy Spirit. Ellen White even says, daily he received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the early hours of the new day, it says his lips and his soul were anointed with grace mm. that he may impart to others. Wow! So what Jesus had, we need as well. Absolutely. And that's why it says that Jesus spoke with authority. He didn't teach like the other Pharisees and scribes and the other learned men. He had power in his words, and that was because he received a fresh anointing, a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit every day. Now, coming back to that issue with when we are tempted, do we have to fall again and again, or can there be promises in the Bible that we can claim? And the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, it's a, it's a well-known text. It says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Interesting. The Apostle John says, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful yes. and just to forgive and to cleanse. Yeah. Now, he uses the word here. says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God has promised he will make a way of escape. 
Now, can we rely on that promise? I believe we can through faith in Christ Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 11, all those people believed in the promises. It was called the faith chapter. They believed in the the promises of God. All our heroes of faith. That's right. And so, you know, since 1888, Ellen White says that we could have finished the work. Mm. We could have received the latter rain and Jesus would have come. Wow. But then she makes a statement that we will have to be, we may have to remain in the world because of insubordination many more years, as did the children of Israel. Mm. How long did they remain? 40 40 years. years. A generation. So as I studied this out, you know, I started looking at, okay, so 1888, another 40 years, would have brought you to 1928. Mm. And, you know, when you look at Revelation chapter 7, it says that God is holding back the winds of strife. Yes. All right? Do not harm, you know, the earth until I what? I've sealed... All his servants his, in their foreheads. Their silly right. servants, which is God wants to put his law in our foreheads as well. That's right. The yeah. character. And the name of God, his character. That's so right. it's actually said he's holding it back until I seal the servants of our God on their foreheads. And so you read on in Revelation 14, it says the Father's name is written on their foreheads. The Father's yeah. name is character. Amen. So so God holds it back for another generation, 1928. Well, guess what? You start looking about what was happening in 1928. Well, in 1928, you see that the great stock market of 1929 was on the horizon. Mm. You had uh, World War uh, II was on the horizon. Yes. All right. So the winds are being released. Mm. You go back and you can see there's natural disasters happening around there as well in various places. Earthquakes, fires, floods, things like that. Yes. God's releasing the winds. God brings the message again Mm. to his people, to his remnant people. So get into the 19, late 1960s, early 1970s, of course. So you've got the around year 60s. You've got the Cuban Missile Crisis. You've got the Cold War. Yeah. There's a lot of issues there. The 60s, all the, you know, the stuff that's happened in the 60s, Vietnam War, Cold War. Mm. You've also got um, uh, natural disasters happening again. Mm. You go back and, you know, you see there's a lot of natural disasters starting to happen again. Right. It's like God's releasing that winds again, mm. brings the message of righteous by faith and the baptism of the Holy Spirit again to his people. 1928, you have a, a guy, the conference president or the general conference president called A.G. Daniels. Yes. Writes a book called Christ, yes. Our, Righteousness. Our Righteousness. And he's the one in there that says that the message was never, has never been given um, airtime yep. and also was never accepted. That's right. He also, mm. uh, a guy called Leroy Froome, wrote a book called The Coming of Our Comforter. Yes. Now, you, know, you might agree with everything that happened the rest of life because even Wagner and Jones, even though they bought the message, the right message, they eventually fell away. They did fall away. You know what I mean? Mm. So don't be put off because if you mention, I've mentioned a name, oh, I don't agree with that guy, what he wrote later on. Yeah. But what he wrote then in The Coming of the Comforter was it was back in that time. Yeah, amen. And he wrote along with, along with A.G. Daniels, Righteous by Faith and Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so, again, you go back in the 60s, another 40 years later, all right, and as you said, you mentioned that God's releasing the winds. Well, God starts, there's a book I read um, which was written 40 years ago in the 60s, and it's called uh, Communion with God. Okay. And it's like a 50-day devotional all about righteous by faith and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And it went just went all over the place. You can download mm. it for free, mm. Communion with God. It's like reading the 40 days prayers and devotions to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit by Dennis Smith. It's like reading the similar devotional, similar message, mm. righteous by faith, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, you bring it again another 40 years. That brings you to 2008. Okay. 2008. So we're here again. I mean, right. 10 years later, we're we have here. the big GFC. 
the global financial crisis. 2007. Yeah. You've got all these stirrings of war with Russia and China, and, and it's, it's all happening again. Mm. You've got the war and you know, the Middle East crisis, and you've got economic crisis. You've got all that God's releasing the winds again. And guess what? He's bringing the message again. Yes. In the 40 days, prayers and devotions to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit, mm. all about righteous by faith. You've got people like Mark Finley you know, in the upper room, 10 days in the upper room. You've got the message of righteous by faith going again to, the, to his people and the message of the baptism of the Holy Spirit going to his people. Mm. And so is it being resisted? Yes, some ways it is being resisted, but I'm seeing that a lot of it's been accepted. Praise the Lord. Example, The Steps mm. to Personal Revival by Helmut Horbel. Oh, what a great little book. Yeah, mm. 600,000 plus copies worldwide in 20 plus languages yes. have gone out just in the last few years. Mm. The 40 Days by Dennis Smith, all about righteous by faith. You know, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of our copies. The message is going to his people. Yeah. Here we are today on radio speaking about righteous by faith Amen. and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So the message is going out and, and also through the general conference, you know, total member involvement, mm. righteous by faith and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's God's bringing this message to his people. I believe so, Colin. Yes. And I'm, I can see there's these big momentous things afoot. But as we expected in the past, as the history of the Bible teaches us, as the history of our church teaches us, there will be opposition. There will be persecution. We've got to be, not be surprised by these things. But by God's grace and by his power, the message will succeed. The world will be warned. Many will accept this message and be ready when Jesus Christ well, comes. Eddie, and I've you know, traveled the world over the last nine years preaching hmm. this message and speaking about it and, and sharing these books and devotionals. And just amazing what I see is there's a hunger... Of, for God's people wanting, needing the Holy Spirit. Yes. There's a hunger for the righteous by faith to experience it, not only the pardon, but also the sanctification or the cleansing part of mm. it. And, and I'm seeing people's lives changed all over the world. And so I'm, I don't think we're going back in the wilderness. I, I think we're there. I think God's Wouldn't people are accepting nice? and receiving this message. Mm. And so, you know, it's because of these statements and because of what I'm seeing on the uh, today that you know we're sharing these messages today. Yes. I believe that God is calling his last generation into existence today. And in order to be part of that generation who are ready to receive the latter reign of the Holy Spirit and meet Jesus, we must understand and experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit of Christ in us, the hope of glory, Amen. and righteous by faith, mm. right? And righteous by faith, justification by faith, which leads to complete victory in Jesus Christ over the power of sin. Amen. And only then will Adventist church fulfill the purpose of which he was called into existence. Only then will the latter reign of the Holy Spirit fall upon the church. Mm. And you read this beautiful statement in the Review and Herald, July 9, 1908. And it says, only those who are clothed in the garments of his righteousness will be able to endure the glory of his presence when he shall appear with power and great glory. Wow, so only those clothed in the garments of his righteousness. So that's imputed righteousness imparted. Justification, sanctification, part yeah. of his righteousness. So his glory will be absolutely magnificent. You know, So God is holding back because if he comes now, many might be consumed by the brightness of his glory. That's and we right. know that the man of sin will be consumed by, by Christ coming in the brightness of his but glory. But if God's glory in Revelation 18.1 lights up the earth, which is God's people reflecting God's glory, mm. it's like glory meets glory. 
Amen. Because we've changed in the same image from glory to glory by beholding. It's not I that live, that's Christ that lives in me. Amen. Which is God, God's glory is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Mm. It's the only hope of glory. And so that glory meets glory, and that's why we're not consumed. Yeah, beautiful. Why, why, when you read in Revelation chapter 6, it says everyone else, okay, those who rejected this message, rejected Christ's mercy, are hiding in the caves and the rocks. Uh from from the Jesus' second coming That's right And it says there This is Revelation chapter 6 Verse 15 It says And the kings of the earth The great men The rich men The commanders The mighty men Every slave and every free man Hid themselves in the caves And in the rocks of the mountains And said to the mountains and rocks Fall on us And hide us from the face of him Who sits on the throne And from the wrath of the Lamb For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Now, the last book of the Old Testament says the same thing again. It says, who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller soap. And he will sit and refine and purify like silver and purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So you're reading Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Yeah. Where he also talks about, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Amen. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts. Mm. And here's a, here's a prophecy being fulfilled. And in the last book of Malachi chapter 4, it talks I'll spend, send Elijah. And Jesus yes. says that John the Baptist fulfilled the first application of that Elijah message, yes, which was to prepare the way of the Lord's first mm. coming. And also in the last days, there will be a message that goes, God will have messages that go to the world that will prepare the way for the second coming of Jesus. Mm. And then you talked about the refining part of it. Yes. The refining, which is the removal or cleansing of sin of in our, our life. Filth and our unrighteousness. Yeah. Our, our unrighteousness, which is as filthy rags. That's, That's right. right. Or Saint, our righteousness, which Saint is as filthy rags. And Satan knows this, Edian. Mm. Satan knows this, and he's been working for many years to develop what's called the Omega apostasy, which is causing many individuals within the church to reject the teaching that the Ten Commandments can actually be obeyed to the full extent. Yes. In this way, they're unknowingly and are rejecting the message of righteous by faith because the message of righteous by faith is made manifest in obedience to the commandments of God. Mm. So they're, if they're saying that, hey, you can't keep the commandments of God, sin can't be overcome, yes. then you're rejecting the message of righteous by faith. Well, that is true. I, I, can't, I can't disagree with that. And I think the Bible is very clear on that. So what this message does, it gives people the how-to, which is a full surrender to the Lord and receiving the righteousness of Christ. That's right. And by receiving that, there's evidence for it, which is manifest in the obedience to the commandments of God. That's right. And that's what Malachi is describing here in Malachi mm. chapter 3. He's describing the cleansing from sin when Christ would suddenly come to his temple. Yes. Okay. And these verses in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, tell us of Christ entering into the most holy place in the heavenly sanctuary, the temple. So he's entering into the most holy place. Right. To finish okay. his Yeah, he's entering there to finish his meteoritary work on behalf of you know, on behalf of Christians. And during that work, Christ there would work a work of cleansing from sin going in the lives of Christians living at that time. Hmm. So not only is he doing cleansing of the record of our sins in the heavenly sanctuary, he's also doing a work of cleansing sin in our hearts, removing or blotting out of sin in our lives. Right. And this work would lead this work will lead to righteousness in their life. Well or Christ's righteousness manifests one hundred percent. 
mm. which will be pleasant unto the Lord. Amen. And so once this work is complete, Christ will come to deliver his people and bring swift judgment against the unrepentant. Mm. And that comes out of Malachi chapter 3 again where it talks about, you know, that uh, our this work would lead to righteousness, of course, and that, that will be pleasant to the Lord. And it says there that, you know, after God has refined them and purified them, he will purify the sons of Levi that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. It says that then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem, so this is God's people, yep. will be pleasant to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. So this is what, this is what the message will do. It will purify, yeah. and God will then find pleasantness and delight in the offering of, of righteousness. Pardon. And purification, mm. pardon and power, pardon and cleansing. Yes. It's it, all interchangeable words, but mean the same thing. It's pardon for what Jesus has done for us and the Holy Spirit to cleanse us yes. and to remove sin in our lives. Mm. That's the refining part of us. And Amen. when God has done this work in us, then we become pleasant to the Lord. And you read about it that uh, people weren't ready, were they? No, they weren't ready. Yeah. Mm. And so... Ellen White wrote of this in the following quote. She comments on this this uh, prophecy in Malachi. Okay, it says, This coming is foretold also by the prophet Malachi, the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come into his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And that's Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Mm. Then from Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 8, we read, The coming of the Lord to his temple was suddenly unexpected to his people. Sorry, that's not a matter of Second Thessalonians yet, but just comment on that. Mm. They were not looking for him there. They expected him to come to earth in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel. But the people were not yet ready to meet their Lord. There was still a work of preparation to be accomplished for them. Light was to be given directing their minds to the temple of God in heaven, that they should by faith follow their high priest in his ministration there, new duties would be revealed. Another message of warning and instruction was to be given to the church. So let's, Say, let's, I'll read this. It says, okay. says the prophet, who may abide the coming of his, or the day of his coming? Malachi chapter 3. three yeah. Also in Revelation chapter 6. Mm. There's, a, there's a connection there. For he is like a refiner's fire and like fullest soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and purify of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Mm. She's quoting Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. And then Ellen White says these words. Those who are living upon the earth when the intercession of Christ shall cease in the sanctuary above. So this is after the close of probation when Jesus has finished his work. Okay, so this is when the, the seven last plagues are poured out as we read in Revelation chapter 15. Yeah. And that no one can enter the temple because the glory and the smoke fills the temple. He's finished his work. He's finished his work. He's finished okay. his work, uh, what he just said in Malachi chapter 3. He's mm-hmm. finished that work. Malachi chapter 3 And she says So those who are living upon the earth When the intercession of Christ Shall cease in the sanctuary above Are to stand in the sight Of a holy God Without a mediator Their robes must be spotless Their characters must be purified From sin By the blood of sprinkling There it is again Okay Justification Christ yes Yeah Through the grace of God And their own diligent effort They must be conquerors In the battle with evil While the investigative judgment is going forward in heaven, so there's this work of judgment beginning in 1844, Mm. going forward in heaven. She goes on to say, while the sins of penitent believers are being removed 
from the sanctuary mm. or blotted out yes. or cleansed. There is to be a special work of purification or putting away of sin amongst God's people on earth. So this is a corresponding work. Yes. Okay? What's happening in heaven is happening in our hearts. Christ is working in heaven, but he's also working in his people on earth. That's right. Hmm. She goes on to say, this work is more clearly presented in the message of Revelation 14, Gee. which is the three angels' message. Yes. And let's just finish off. She says, when... You keep reading this work. Okay, so when this work shall have been accomplished, the followers of Christ will be ready for his appearing. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. And we read that in Malachi chapter 3, verse 4. Mm. Then the church which our Lord at his coming is to receive to himself will be a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And we can read that in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27. Then she will look forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners. And that's from Song of Solomon, chapter 6 and verse 10. And then she says this point. Besides the coming of the Lord to his temple, Malachi also foretells his second event. So she's connected to the second coming. Okay. He's coming for the execution of the judgment. In these words, and I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be swift witness against the sorcerers. And against the adulterers and against false swearers and against those who oppress the hirelings in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right. And fear not me, says the Lord of hosts. Here again, Malachi chapter 3, verse 5. Hmm. She says, Jude refers to the same scene when he says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds. Quoting Jude chapter 14. Uh, and 15. Mm. This coming and the coming of the Lord to his temple are distinct and separate events. This, wow. is, from the, this is from the Great Controversy, page 425, 24 mm. to 426. Okay. Well, Colin, let's just take a break there and share our contact details with our listeners. Dear listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back after the short message. Thank you for joining us on You Shall Receive Power. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249-73-3456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. I hope you've got those contact details down. And just as we're wrapping up the program, we were talking about the coming of Jesus Christ prophesied in Malachi chapter 3, verse 5, and also Jude chapter 14 and verse 15, where it says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds. So, Colin... Just as we wrap it up, what is our, our concluding messages for today's program? Well, first of all, I want to just share people that you can download a lot of what we've been sharing today Okay. Uh, in a book called Amiga, Apostasy and Laodicea by Dennis Smith. Right. If you go to www.spiritbaptism.org, you can download this book for free. Okay, so they can get a PDF version of this for free if they want to follow on as we go through, work through this program. That's right. They can get the book, and all the information we've been sharing is in this book. Mm. Um, and as I said, we want to talk about this is Satan's deception. As we've seen, Satan knows the importance of God's people understanding and experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, understanding and experience righteous by faith, 
and complete victory over sin. Mm. And he works hard to create confusion on these precious truths. He will lead some sincere Christians to fall into a legalistic works approach to victory. Yeah, true. I can over, got it overcome by my own works and strength. Yeah. Mm. Others he will lead to reject any possibility of complete victory and take a more liberal view. Mm. Either of these approaches will not yield the victory necessary to receive the latter rain and be ready for Christ's return. You see, Satan's omega apostasy teaching undermines many of God's people understanding that complete victory over sin is possible and even necessary to be ready for Christ's second coming, which leads to obeying God's commandments. Amen. And so that is his mission. And he can take either side. Take the liberal, it's impossible, or the legalistic approach, trying to do it by our own strength. Mm. I think I'd rather believe the covenant promise of God that he will put his law in my in our minds, write them on our hearts. He will be our God. We will be his people. And dear listener, we pray that God would bless you today, that he would write his law in your heart as well, that you will have a faith response to all the promises of God and claim them so you can be ready on that day when Jesus comes, that your love and devotion and act of worship to God will also be manifest in obedience to the commandments of God as an expression of your love and devotion for God. Dear listener, we look forward to catching up with you next time. May God bless you until then. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.